What do you think I am? Dumb or something? Uh, <laughs> hey. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hello everyone, welcome to the RC Roundtable on this uh, special Thanksgiving-ish edition of the RC Roundtable. We, <laughs> I think we uh, uh, have stuffed ourselves to the gills with food, hopefully. Yes, I did my part. Okay, so did I. I rolled up here <laughs> from uh, surviving uh, dinner and lots of pies. I, I think I'm well beyond the uh, caloric intake of, of starch. <laughs> no, <laughs> if you're counting calories, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the highest caloric intake this, this Thanksgiving? <laughs> I'm at I'm at forty five hundred. <laughs> Oops, slacker. I don't want to hear it unless you got ten thousand or more. I wouldn't be surprised, man. <laughs> well, everybody, I'm Fitz Walker, and of course, uh, the slacker here is uh, Lee Ray. Slacker here. And uh, I don't know how slacker slacker Terry Dunn is, but we have Terry Dunn. Gobble gobble. Yeah, right. Uh, so let's, uh, guys. Uh, get things started uh i noticed there wasn't a whole lot of news uh this holiday season starting uh, with uh various model companies other than of course much of sales so uh did you have some time to do anything on your workbench last couple of days maybe lee i want to hear what you have well okay hello everyone lee's workbench here let's talk about boats <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, yes. Oh, boats again. <laughs> well, the I think I texted you guys the last value of this boat I got from the Amex boat was what down to like eight dollars and thirty cents. So this is your perceived value? <laughs> the boat perceived from hell. value. The, the, you thought you were right. stealing it at the expo for twenty five bucks. <laughs> yeah. Then I've now I've realized I've been ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> what was that Tom Hanks movie where he, he buys a house? And he's, he spends the whole the money pit. Yeah, the money, money pit. pit. That's it. <laughs> well, it's not that drastic. <laughs> well, that's uh, boats in general, right? Oh, it's yeah. Like a, a, a hole in the lake you throw your money into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The happiest days of your boat ownership is the day you buy it and the day you sell it. Yeah, let's <laughs> say that about airplanes, too. And, and you know what? Yeah. I will add to that story that I did buy a bass boat several years ago. And in fact, I was able to sell it for the exact same price I bought it. Well, good for you because it had never been used. That's like that's like a unicorn right there. Wow, yeah, that's pretty good. Because yeah. I took damn good care of it. But anyway, but that has nothing to do with my model airplanes. <laughs> it's a totally different ball game. So this boat I got was twenty five bucks. If you guys remember in the previous podcast, it's just, it was just a cheap blow mold ABS plastic hull, but came with a motor. Came with it, you know, most of it built, and all you had to do was throw in your electronics. Uh, it got home in one piece, but then I kept breaking it. <laughs> the, the top deck was coming loose, so it wasn't glued on very well. And in the process of removing the deck, I, I squeezed the side of the hull. It got a crack. And then a couple other uh, accidental grabs of the boat caused some more cracks. So eventually I made a 
darn mess of trying to repair it by using fiberglass and epoxy, which did not stick very well to this ABS plastic, so it just kind of sunk to the bottom of the hole. <laughs> it's oh, so as it was drying, it just pulled it up just, in the bottom? It, it, it looked like it wasn't even sticking to the side. It looked like it was, you know, someone put Rain-X <laughs> on the side of the hole. The epoxy would not stick, but uh, in any case, I, I, you know, I just took a deep breath and kept at it, and uh, eventually it, it dried, and, and the parts I had fiberglass near the cracks uh, stayed intact. But yes, I have a lot of uh, little runners of epoxy on the bottom of the hull, <laughs> hopefully to keep it strengthened. That was my job. That's what I was. Yeah, they're like ribs. Yeah, that's it. That's Wait, my, that was my intention. What, what, what type of epoxy was it? There's that total boat stuff that I use. I think oh, I'd sent you a link to it. Oh yeah, okay. Um, I was I was surprised because uh, it was sure going on thick. But uh, anyway, I did fix the cracks in the side. I ended up uh, using a whole tube of marine silicone to seal that <laughs> deck to the <laughs> to the bottom. Uh, but I, I want to fast forward to the the end, I guess, which was yesterday, and I I sent you a photo. But the boat did float in the pool. I let it sit there for a couple hours, and there were there were no water droplets in inside the hull, so that was good news. And then I put in the electronics, had to do a couple of finagling with servos and stuff. The servo I did buy just did not have enough torque to move that rudder. It's just the way it's it's made. What? Yeah, what yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. rudder is that? It's just a very, very it's like four inches, five inches long. It's really bizarre. But yeah, I digress. Uh, I got that figured out, got it all in there, um, took the boat to the pool and ran it, and it didn't get water, and Austin came out and saw it, and I love the joke that Fitz made when I texted the photo about the, the front having a cannon. <laughs> what did you say, Fitz? I <laughs> uh, don't remember. What did I say? Uh, this, there's this big vent in the front of the boat. It, <laughs> it looks like a big cannon. At the front. Oh, is that stock? It's stock. It's an air hole. And in fact, you have that entrance hole, and then there's a mesh hole where the cockpit is for the the boat uh, that, you know, kind of lets you pass air through. Well, they ain't kidding. That motor gets super hot. I ran it on a two cell lipo, and boy, it, it got real hot. But let's, that kind of jumped forward. We took it to the pond, threw it in the water, actually ran pretty good. Uh, the trim tabs the uh, that are built into the boat worked really well didn't didn't rock it did real well but the the biggest problem we had is we kept chewing up all the pine needles and leaves that were in the pond and they kept getting jammed up in the prop so we'd go about i don't know 30 seconds and we'd have to bring it back in because it was like half speed and we'd have to yank out all the stuff that's floating in the pond but it actually ran pretty well so here's the here's the end the, the take of the boat I turned to Austin, who was running the boat. I said, so how much do you think this boat is worth now? And he said, $30. <laughs> and there you go. And how much do you have in it now? Uh, 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 well, Never mind. You don't answer that question. Yeah, well, no, that's a great question. That is a great question because I think if we're going to be somewhat educational for a show and how people can get into stuff, I was able to use some things that were already in my workshop to, for electronic-wise. Because I already had the ESC and I already had the servo. It was just a standards. You bought the ESC at the expo, right? No, actually I didn't. I ended up using my ESC with had four reverse from the airboat. 
Oh, yeah, cool. Which, which worked much better because that helped yeah. actually get the boat back in when we had to go reverse to chop up some of the grass clipping. So <laughs> if you get this boat, get the forward reverse. But, you know, talking about the... Don't uh, get this boat. The, <laughs> well, it's, it's definitely questionable. I, I probably wish I had gone with the... Uh, What's the darn seal? Flex seal <laughs> to put in the entire boat. See if that would have stuck any better. That would that would be my recommendation if you buy this boat is flex seal the heck out of the hull. Um, but I bought a new transmitter, a trigger transmitter for this, so I could give it to the kids and let them you know do what they will with it. I it would keep everything separate from my gear. So that was like the largest expense and. After running it, and Austin agreed, it's almost too fast mm-hmm. for little kids. So we've got to we're ready to go down, and I'm maybe you guys can give me some advice here. But the two cells too much, so we're thinking about just going to a, like a five cell nickel metal hydride. You know, a heavy duty like sub C. Doesn't it have a gear drive? It does. Can you it go does. to a smaller pinion instead? You can't get into that thing now. I've completely sealed it up, so it's. <laughs> It, it is what it is, okay. but it is, and it gets really hot. I'm just surprised on how hot that, obviously that had to do with the, the debris getting caught in the, the propeller, but, right. but we, but we had fun and he, and he agreed. I'm glad he thought that too, because for little kids, it's probably a little too fast, even with just a two cell. Well, was that after driving it in your pool? In the pond. Oh, okay. A little bit more room there. All right. Do you have so, nickel metal hydride batteries? You can use them? I will. <laughs> I will look around. <laughs> I'll come up with something. But I was just thinking, if I just get some subsees and put them together, that might work enough to power the motor and supply me voltage to the receiver. What about a two-cell life battery? I could. I don't know how many amps I'm drawing. I haven't. I, you know, that's, sorry, Terry. They, they sorry, Terry. I didn't do that yet. It, it's it's gear and it's it's a brush motor. It's not going to draw that much current. Yeah, but boy, it was hot. It well, was, does it have water cooling? No, no. That's, oh. It's got that huge cannon. <laughs> oh, there's your problem. <laughs> Every other boat ever made has some sort of water cooling. No, not this one. That's why. I'm, that's why it has that huge hole in the nose. It's like Austin was like, "You're going to get a lot of water in the nose there." Luckily, she stays on plane pretty well, so I don't think that's an issue. But yeah, it has this huge air hole in the front of the boat. Can you so, snap? Can you snap a heat sink onto the motor? I could. I could try. At least a little bit. That'll help a little bit. Hmm. Okay. Very interesting. Now, you said you did drive it in your pool? Kind of. It's it's It needs a bigger pond area. Well, yeah. I was just wondering how that fragile hole did when you smacked it against the sides of the pool. Did not smack it on the side of the pool. What do you think I am? Dumb or something? Uh, <laughs> hey. No comment. <laughs> did not smack it on the side of the pool. No. Huh. Okay. But yes, it would probably go, yeah, crashy, smashy. I'll, I have some extra rubber tubing from my tugboat. I think I'll line the edge. <laughs> I'll just, or I'll just get one of those pool noodles and just make it one big donut. <laughs> no, I, we did see a boat like that at the Expo East. Did you guys see that at the pond there? Donut? It was, well, it was a, a boat and the outer ring of the hull was a pool noodle and I forget what the inner part was but it was really simple it was kind of like one of those uh, inflatable pontoon boats you see with the outboards on them but it used the pool noodle instead of the air tube probably saw it I just don't remember yeah Yeah. very budget minded boat but it looked cool crude but effective yeah 
So, Lee, if you could uh, hop in the Wayback Machine and go back to when we were at the expo. What was it, a month ago now almost? come home. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Would you plop down your 25 bucks for that boat again? I would (laughs) have. Sucker. No, I get it. You had the experience and the learning curve. And That's true. If I just listened to this podcast and heard what I need to do. <laughs> what did they say? Isn't that the destination? It's the journey? It, it was like the journey. It was definitely the journey. And I, I enjoyed you know, sending you guys photos and updates on <laughs> what kind of mess I was getting into. Speaking of mess, I was cutting the decals out there. Just put it on one sheet, but there's no trim. There's no uh, yeah. edge or perforation. So you have to hand cut these out. So I'm hand cutting the window and then my knife slipped because oh, no. I was so close to the table. I didn't realize that I couldn't see the edge of the table. So I just thought, oh, I'm doing really well. I've got this nice curve and all of a sudden shwork, I go like four inches past and cut through two other decals because I fell off the table. Oh, <laughs> oh I thought you were going to tell us how you cut yourself. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not a model till you've left your DNA on it. It's now, the boat's now red. <laughs> The flames. <laughs> yeah, those are flames. Now, now it's really Wilson. <laughs> now going, let's go back to the speed for a minute, because yeah. you said you bought a new pistol grip radio. Several of the newer ones that I have, um, they have a throttle endpoint adjustment on a knob. So if you want to limit the top speed on something, you can just turn that knob down, and it basically does the same effect. Yeah. Is that an adjust- option on yours? Yeah. I No, not on this one. It's, it's made by HK. Yeah. He, he who should not be named. I don't think it's got that limiter on it. I, I would take a look just to be sure, because even the cheaper ones that I'm talking about have that feature. Okay. okay. And if you do, that's an easy... Oh, easy yeah, that'd be... Yeah. Assuming the knob works and it's not ornamental. <laughs> so. so that was your whole workbench? Uh, that, and I'm still working on the Corsair. Which one? The park zone, the one that I'm semi-duplicating Chris Wolf's. You're geeking it out? Uh, it is, there you go. I'm geeking out a Corsair. With the speckle and paint. The speckle. It's, it's light speckle. Uh, the speckle was just there to fill the holes, not to fill the cracks and do as fine a job as Chris is doing. But I just finished putting water-based polyurethane on the entire aircraft, so I'm, I'm at sanding stages right now. Two more coats on the fuse, and then start doing painting. Right, well, cool. Yeah, I've done some paint, but do you have a scheme picked out yet? I do. Are you going to tell us? No. All right. <laughs> Let me guess. It's blue. <laughs> the a dark, dark red blue. <laughs> no, but you, I'm going back to the boat. You you make me laugh because I almost want to go get some tempera paint and just stick my hand in it. Terry, and then just slap my hand on the boat and then call it Wilson. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I know you. I know you. Anyway, <laughs> that's from now on. Every Everything I build is going to be called Wilson. Right. <laughs> uh, so, no, that's about it. Was there, oh, did y'all see the photo I sent you of the, um, the magnet that was split in half? Yeah, oh, on the motor. Yeah, what happened there? So, Keith gave... Austin, his L39 that he had during at best. Were you there, Fitz, when he got it? 
No. Maybe you had left already. Yeah, so, it's Sunday. Yeah. Is that one of the old Great Plains? You know, it it looks exactly like it, but there's a couple things that are different, and it's got a different paint scheme, so it's not one of the two that Great Plains. I, I don't know. I'm wondering, did someone else get their hand on the molds? Because it looks very similar, but not quite the same. So it's the same, but different? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Fitz. I'm just saying there's a couple of things that are just different and you go, well, you think the molds would be identical. So he has an L39. It's very similar to mine. And uh, he was putting it together and he was having the motor sounded terrible. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's like he gave it to him. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 you know, and no, and, and, and defensive Keith, he said, you know, you may have to work on it. So Austin <laughs> just kind of slammed it together and it was just sounding terrible. So it was, I pulled it apart, and lo and behold, I was like, <laughs> I remember Austin like, Dad, is the fan supposed to be this this tight? And I'm like having to just turn the thing with my fingers, just grab the, the EDF or the, the fan and start turning that motor. I was like, no, it's not supposed to be this tight. So I, I pulled it off the fan. I'm just trying to turn the shaft. I can't turn the shaft. So I took the little three little teeny tiny screws off the end runner, and that magnet just fell apart in my hand. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it was split right down the middle. Now, and it was was just this debris. after he had flown it or how he received it? How he received it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I was like, that motor's done. He goes, we can't glue that? I was like, no, we can't glue that. So <laughs> that, that, that. that motor's done. So I've got to... Uh, I've got to go pick him up an inrunner, maybe for Christmas. No, that's, that's impressive that they're using an inrunner. It's unusual to see those nowadays. You have one. I have several, but... No, I mean, you have the, the L39, uh, or had. I still have it. It needs repairs, but I didn't know it was an inrunner. That's interesting. Maybe that's why it was yeah. so fast. Uh, yeah, but still, it's unusual to see inrunners nowadays for a lot of stuff. In fact, I have the same... I see... That was the comment I'm trying to get to about his looks a little different. Both Fitz and I have L39s. Uh-huh. And one's, they're just different paint schemes, but they look the same physically. And, yeah, they're in-runner motors. I haven't flown mine yet, but it's ready to go. Mm. Oh, Fitz. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to jump to your table, workbench. So my first question for you is this is the question I want to ask you. Have you started on your B25 yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Not in a long okay. time. I keep getting interrupted by other things. In fact, I got another thing that's interrupting it. Like a P47? Uh, no, P47 was done a while ago. I just got around yep. editing the video. Yeah, well, that's part of the job. Uh, and then I had the Beaver. In fact, I was yeah. going to start working on a B25 until the Beaver came in. And so the, the Beaver's done. And now I have another review that just popped up uh, that I have to start working on. It's, it's although much, much, much less involved within the beaver so is it is it an arf no not quite but it's it's a foamy thing that you got to assemble uh a flat plate it's called a challenger from high tech or hmm, multiplex right. multiplex makes it high tech sells yeah. it so it's a biplane indoor foamy thing uh but you get a whole bunch of flat sheets of foam and carbon rods and you gotta glue it together and assemble it so it's in be it's not quite an arf but it's not you know a balsa kit, but it'll take a. I'm not sure how long it'll take to put together, but I think that's. I'm going to start on it later today and see how far I can get on it. Cool. Uh, and, and then once that's done, then I'll consider looking at the B25 again. Why do you ask? Oh, just, you know, B25 on my mind. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Did I tell you about the little thing I got from. Uh, 
uh, the RC key, Chris Wolf, at the show. He gave you something? I got something from him. Um, it's a little... Um, uh, Wait. What? I just have to ask. Did he give it to you after the show? Did he mail something to you after the show? No, I picked it up at the show. Oh, okay. I was going to say, man. No, no. Okay. <laughs> um, giving you free stuff. <laughs> well, it's a, little, it's a little circuit board. And what it does is it moves servos around randomly. Oh, cool. Yeah. And he said, Well, we saw that for the little cockpit guy. Yeah, he saw it for, he had a pilot, and I guess he had a yeah. servo in the head. And so the guy's head would move around kind of back and forth randomly in different directions and things. It was kind of neat. And we were talking, and said, Yeah, this, you know, I have, you know, I, I thought of Mike Leibel's B24. He said, Hey, he's got turrets that are remotely controlled. That would be great for a bomber. And he said, Yeah, you just stick it in your bomber turrets. And it controls. Have the have the bomb bay doors open at random. <laughs> <laughs> no, the landing gear. Have the gear and the bomb Put bay one doors on your right channel. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's there. We go. That's our mission. <laughs> you randomly pick a channel for that thing to go into. <laughs> yeah. So just does it just plug in line between the servo and the receiver? Um, yes, sort of. Uh, you plug. You can plug servos into it. And I think you can either plug it into a receiver or not. If you plug it into a receiver, you can remotely activate it. Okay. And it has two outputs, two servos, and there's adjustments on it for endpoint adjustments, speeds, uh, a few other things. Uh, so I thought, hey, this would be great to stick on a turret. So uh, I know B25 only had, what, literally one turret, right, I think? It's the top one, Just yeah. a top turret. So, I mean, hey, stick it on a top turret. Instead of top to kind of move around randomly, I thought it'd be pretty neat. Fitz, your job is to make a B twenty five with eight turrets. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the experimental well, that's version. Pretty cool. I remember, I think it was you I was talking to Fitz a while back that um, I wanted to create something similar, maybe using an Arduino. Yeah. For my patrol boat because it's got that front turret. Oh yeah. And yeah. right now I've got it yeah. sleeved to the rudder, but it would be cool just to have it randomly move that front. You know, turret with the twin fifties around. Yeah, yeah, you could do that Arduino. Um, it wouldn't be hard to program up, but I thought it was nice that he had a nice little, t- really small package already done for you, with uh, potentiometer adjustments and stuff. So it was. Yeah, that sounds ideal. Yeah. So does he sell these on his website? Yes, he does. If you go to, I guess, the rcgeek.com. Mm-hmm. I believe he has it listed there. I forgot what he calls it, but it should be easy to find. All right, so we'll find that and put a link up. Yeah. Great. And you said it handles two servos at a time. Yes. On different channels or the same channel? Uh, or I guess no channel at all if it's random. Don't, yeah, it's random. I don't know exactly the nuances. I haven't fully read the instructions, but there is a two output. And theoretically, you could wire those two outputs, I think, as well, if you have multiple servos. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, several servos would be mirroring each other, but um, but at least two. I'm not sure if, if those are mirrored or they're independent. I don't remember, but right. he's got provisions for two servos on it on the board two connectors okay well cool might have to pick one up yeah good idea for the boat i didn't think of that either so i guess whatever yeah really yeah servos is servos yeah exactly i don't think everything else uh, on the bench per se uh one of these years i get around the painting the a10 uh actually because i'd done a video on the a10 the free wing twin 80 millimeter a10 which is a really really nice flying plane mm-hmm. and i haven't flown it because i wanted to take it down and paint it and decal i got the decals from calligraphics for custom paint scheme 
And uh, I found on Thingiverse, somebody had a bunch of 3D printed parts that you could add to it to kind of spice it up. I think I talked about this before. Yeah, I called them Greenbox. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and I printed out a bunch or in a box. So, hopefully, I get to that one day. Now that the weather is kind of nicer. And that and cleaning up the damn workshop garage. That's what I really need to do before I start building on anything. It's clean up my junk. Where are you putting the beaver? Uh, you know, funny you ask. I just found a space for it. Um, I was shifting some stuff around on the ceiling. And I, what did I do? I moved something. Yeah, I had a one or two smaller planes that were taking up a lot of space. If that makes any sense, they were they weren't efficiently stored. So I moved, I shuffled some things around. I was able to hang up the beaver uh, in a slot that was previously taken up by two smaller planes, where I found another spot for them in the garage. So I found the space. Believe it or not. So thinning the fleet was not an option. Uh, <laughs> it's always an option. Uh, next next swap meet that comes up, I'll probably thin the fleet out some more. Just been kind of light lately for swap meets. Gotcha. All right. So I have been thinning the fleet actually. Been constantly the past this past year. I've been I've gotten rid of quite a bit of stuff. Uh, but then I've also got back more stuff. It's like a constant battle. Right, so here's an interesting question. If you looked around your workshop and you had to get rid of any airplane you haven't flown in the past year, how much would be gone? Oh, probably like half of it, two-thirds. <laughs> in the past yeah, year? Yeah, probably the same for me. Uh, yeah, at least half. Yeah, at least half in the past can year. Can you all pause for a second? I'm going to go fly some planes real quick. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you guys getting rid of my planes. <laughs> of course, it's not a fair question because some planes you really like, you just don't fly very much. And there's some planes that maybe need a repair, just haven't get around to. Uh, some that are, I, I've got a couple planes. I got, I still have a plane or two from when did Graven pass away? Two years ago. Was that two years ago? So I've got, I know I have at least two planes I got from his estate that I haven't flown simply because one is not finished, the other one needs repair, and I just haven't gotten around to it. But I, I really, really like them, and I have no intention of getting, getting rid of them. Wow, I've flown every one of them. Okay, and I've, Mr. I've, made out I've, of time. <laughs> every one you got from Graben, you mean? Yeah. yeah. And in fact, behind me is the Pilatus Porter. Which you've broken twice. <laughs> but I put back together twice. What's That's the point? True. The point is... <laughs> Which flies great. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, I just thought it would be an interesting question. That is an interesting see. question, yeah. But I think there's some caveats in context. Yeah. Well, I ha- why do I have the feeling that both answers from you two guys would be the same, though? How's that? I just think that you probably have a lot of planes that you have not flown, Terry. What are you trying to say? No, nothing, Terry. You live in <laughs> Buffalo. Talking to me. Talking to me. <laughs> it's windy up there. <laughs> How's that? Did I save myself? <laughs> no. You know, I'm no, a little... Because I mean, you've been busy on projects, so I'm just assuming there's some planes that you know are favorites that you just haven't had a chance to fly. Yeah, I'll be honest. There's some I run across sometimes that I forgot I had. I'm like, oh, yeah. There's that guy. I need to take it outside and fly it sometime. Yeah, so that's yeah. it happens. I've, yeah. gone, I've gone for several years, haven't touched a plane, and then I'll pull it down get it back ready and fly it a bunch of times. Yeah. That's half the fun. 
Well, see, my yeah. problem is I get <laughs> I get easily distracted by shiny objects. So, you know, I'm working on this darn boat, which I probably should be working on other planes. But then the other day I saw that Midwest uh, Cessna 177 that you got me fits. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that story. He's like, well, this guy also had the 177 said, OK, I'll take it, too. And then you gave it to me. <laughs> you know, this guy, you. But it's sitting up there on my shelf. I was like, you know what? I probably need to work on that. So I, I do that, unfortunately. I get distracted by one plane and then I, it's like the darn 150. It's still sitting in that box for two years. I think I'll build it. <laughs> two years later. <laughs> <laughs> two years later. You know what I'm itching to build is uh, another 049 plane. Uh, but with two, two 049s, a twin of some sort. Okay. So I might I might be my gambling man, are you? Ooh, ooh, make it a three three seven. Uh three three seven. I had a strike commander before twin oh four nine and I actually had a lot of fun with it. That's several of those. So now there's a way, if I'm not mistaken, to plumb an external tank onto those, even if they have the built in tank. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Keith showed us how. <laughs> Using a, oh, a, yeah, a that's true. A vodka. Was it vodka or rum? <laughs> oh, yeah. his rum bottle tank. <laughs> his little rum. Was it Captain Morgan's? Yeah. <laughs> Keith is a rum man. I love that. Uh, Did he say they flew for like 15 minutes or something like that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we should talk about that. Yeah, he talk took, about that. That's a great story. He took one of the old strikers. Who made those? They were Horizon thing, right? Park Zone? Or, Park Zone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and put an 049 on the nose of that foam flying wing. And he said it flew great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He took off the electric motor, put a 049 on it, plumbed it with a, a, a fuel tank made from some sort of alcohol bottle. A little one. I guess one of those airline ones. Yeah, airline yeah, A little one, travel bottle. He has, yeah. I'm sure he has plenty of access to those airline alcohol bottles. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should ask him for a couple next time I see him. Say, hey, you got any more of those? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I need them for fuel thing. tanks. Yeah, yeah, fuel tanks. Fuel tanks yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about emptying them. I'll, I'll, I'll do that myself. <laughs> uh, but he said, dude, what did he say? He said it flew like a striker at half power, I think is what he said. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if he meant the earlier brushed versions or the later brushless, yeah. or, you know, but just to fly the thing with nitro would be cool. Yeah, he seemed very happy with it, so. Yeah. <laughs> but back to my original question, yeah. if you can plumb an external tank, would it be possible to, if you're doing a twin, to put both motors on the same tank so they burn out at approximately the same time? Uh, I think anything's possible. I was talking to a guy, I think he did that, and... Um, he don't know if it was him or the engines. He said one, he had problems tweaking, tweaking them that way. Um, oh. but I, 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 that's just hearsay. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, theoretically, I guess that would be a good idea to have them all in one tank. That way, more or less, they quit at the same time. Um, when I had my Shrike, they were on two separate tanks. And so you're right about all flights ended with one engine quitting quite a bit earlier than the other one did. Usually about, what, 30 seconds or more? Oh, boy. So, yeah, I got real good at using the rudder. Fortunately, it was a really nice handling plane, but I, yeah. <laughs> I got real good flying it on one engine. <laughs> hey, that's the, no, that's the challenge of it, right? Yeah, right. So uh, are you going to share what your upcoming project is? I'm not, I, well, I don't know yet. I'm, I have several, oh. uh, in the running, several kits I have or, or something. I'm trying to decide which would be the best. Now, I might do different and go with something with throttleable 049s. Uh -huh. So that might make it easier. 
That way, if one does quit, you know, you just throttle back on the other one and glide it in. But I don't know. This is something maybe I'm thinking for next year's small steps, possibly. Mm. Um, so I'm thinking about it. But that's that's down the road. Ooh, that reminds me of something that I saw. I think it was the Willy Nilly's group on Facebook. Somebody had 3D printed motor mounts for brushless motor, but the motor mount was shaped like an 049. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yes. That looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah. you know, I've seen other setups where they use an extension shaft through a hollowed out 049 or something, but yeah. this was just the motor on the front of it. It still looked pretty good. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Don't. Uh, we had a guy did hear that locally. Um, uh, what's his name? He passed away recently. Uh, you remember Terry, the gentleman um, with the artificial legs? Uh, what was his name? He's a fly at us at the church. He worked at NASA. Not Owen. Yeah, Owen. Owen Will, uh, oh, Morris. Okay. okay. He had this sort of, I don't know what it was, it sort of looked like a buzzard bombshell kind of thing. And from a distance, you say, hey, it's gas powered because it had this muffler sticking out. When you go up close to it, it was just a fake muffler. It was electric powered. <laughs> but he like apparently he liked to look at this muffler the way he had it mounted on the front to make you think it was gas powered. And he needed the nose weight. So. And he needed the nose weight, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, anyways. How about you, Terry? You're the one. It's your turn. Tag, you're um, You're going to be sorely disappointed because I haven't done much of anything in my workshop lately. I'm going to turn around and glance at the workbench. The only thing on there right now are the two airplanes I was working on the last time we talked about this, mm. where I was adding skis. So that's complete. I've got the larger skis on my electric hub and then the smaller skis on the Surmark Ultimate. So the only thing I'm missing now is snow. It really hasn't snowed. I thought it did snow. No, it has. We got quite a bit of snow a few weeks ago, mm. but it has since melted away. And we're supposed to get a little bit of snow today. I don't know how much. So um, we'll see. And the snow we got before was a little bit early. Not that I'm calibrated about this, but since I've been here, we don't usually get any appreciable snow until sometime in December. So, mm. yeah. Uh, I guess it's time now. So we'll see what happens in the, the next few days. We might have some some stuff to work with. But I'm surprised. The Electric Hub looks really good with these skis. And, uh, they seem to be about the right size. I think it'll work well. Electric so Hub I'm anxious skis. to try it. Yeah, that's, that's pretty neat. And these are homemade ones? You scratch built them? No, the the main wheel skis are the Dubro, and they have two sizes. They've got the Snowbird skis, which fit anything from like this Cub size all the way up to probably eight pound airplanes. Mm. And then on that Ultimate, they have Park Flyer skis, which obviously are made for smaller oh, stuff. Okay. And Neat. but for the Cub, I did scratch build a tail wheel or tail ski. It's probably not necessary, but I just wanted to do it, yeah, so why I did. Not? Yeah, when I had these skis on my old Horizon Cub, I did the same thing, only a little bit different design. So I gave it a, a little tweak and tried it this way, and so far it seems to be holding well. <laughs> so we'll try it out. I wonder if you can do, like, little quick touch-and-goes off of water with those skis. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Keyword uh, quick. <laughs> I guess you could, yeah. One way to find out, right? Yeah, maybe I'm going to phone me and try that. 
yeah. And, uh, I don't know how much unfrozen water there's going to be around here for a while. So I'm going to leave this one to you guys. Mm. Do it. But uh, anyway, that's uh, all that's on my workbench now. I've got lots of stuff that I want to get going, but I've been super busy outside of the hobby lately. So um, if I get some time in the next couple months, I've still got that Kyosho T33 that you brought me that I haven't even cracked the box open on yet that I need to <gasps> put a fan in and get going. Shame, shame. But you know, I'm kind of glad because now that we've talked to Chris Wolf and seen his seminar and Lee's doing his thing, I'm thinking that might be the the airplane that I try. Oh, yeah. The, the speckle method on. <laughs> it's funny how, how we're all seeing that and we're thinking, hmm. Because <laughs> I have that F-104 Starfighter oh, yeah. from Freewing that I mm-hmm. hate the paint scheme on it. I only got it because at the time it was only F-104 Starfighter that was uh, out there. Um, but I, it has a camo scheme. I don't like the camo scheme. Uh, so... I might also try his speckle technique and repaint the paint it to something more amenable to my tastes. All right, cool. Maybe we can treat it like a three view. Hmm, that's interesting. And we idea. can we can rate Chris. Yeah, <laughs> not a bad Wait, idea. We're gonna rate Chris on our failures. <laughs> that's a that's a lose 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 scenario for Chris. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> well, my hacks. point is, if we don't like it, we can just blame him. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> can we just blame him now? <laughs> Get it over with. <laughs> my only, of course, my issue is he does it does add a little bit of weight, and um, since the, the Starfighter doesn't have any wings. I wonder how much it affected. Remember, Chris said airplanes fly better, heavier. To a point. <laughs> well, I don't remember him saying that part. He just said heavier. Is <laughs> so. so, speaking of Kyosho products, I ran across something the other day that got me pretty excited. I'm going to send you guys a link right now. Yeah. So, speaking stand of, by. I want to branch off of that. Something I always wanted is Kyosho used to make a little electric twin called a duet. Yes. Always wanted one. Don't tell me you found one. No. <laughs> but if anybody out there has one, <laughs> I, I saw, I, I check eBay every once in a while, I never saw one. I did see one at a hobby store one time and he wouldn't sell it. Oh. I was like, yeah, I'd really like to get my hands on one of those early Kyoshos, like the Duet or the Etude or the yeah. Valencia. That stuff they had, the geared motors, the uh, geared drive systems that it must have been the mid 80s that they released all this. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like a Cessna 177? The they had a Cessna as well, yeah. Well, he of has course, it. because I have like five of them. Well, do you want to have four of them? Not those. Yeah, the earlier ones are a little bit different, but they had these big fat props on them. They had that zero. Do you have one of those zeros, Fitz? I have the um, yes and no. I guess it's somebody. MEC was selling those zeros unpainted for a while. Yeah, it was apparently whatever was left over when Kyosho was done with them, they sold to MEC, who then came up with this power system, a geared brush system that ran on 10 cells that just made it go like stink. And that was pretty popular for a while, but I don't know what became of that stash. Uh, I, they just sold them all. I had, I do have one. I've flown it. That's one of them I haven't flown in years. I need to pull that out of mothballs. Um, I didn't use their system, but I use an old Aviox geared system. Oh, there you go. Uh, brushless geared. If 
for you uh, for us old timers, <laughs> or you new new timers haven't experienced having a brushless motor and a geared setup. Uh, oh, I got another story about that. Uh, but yeah, it flies actually very well. It's a really nice. Only thing I don't like is it doesn't have retracts. It's got fixed gear. Mm. But other than that, it's a really nice handling and fast plane. Yeah. Um, but I had in the early days of brushless motors, I had another one that I I bought a little gearbox. It wasn't MEC. I think it was some other small company make these little metal gearboxes for brushed motors. And I thought, well, I want to use this gearbox on a little cub thing I have with a little brushless motor in rudder. Uh, and so I put the thing together. And for the life of me, I could never get this gearbox to stay in one piece. It would always, <laughs> it would always, what do you call it, self, uh, um, not self-destruct, but it would like basically unravel itself. All the screws would, would back out, no matter how much thread lock I put on them. It would always, <laughs> the thing would never mm. stay in one piece. So I gave up on it. But anyways, Interesting. gearboxes can be a real pain in the butt. And then I had the other gearbox that would fly, that flew off. Did you did you ever see that, Terry? I thought you might have. I don't think so. I had this used to have. This, <laughs> I like the part where he says the gearbox flew off. It, it literally awesome. did. I had. Uh, it was the, an old zero I had. The old Kyosho zero, as a matter of fact. Kyosho made I think a forty size zero. It was actually really nice. at fiberglass fuselage. Hmm, okay. And yeah. I converted it to uh, electric. It's actually an old RC groups review I did. I don't know, 15 years ago or something. And I uh, had an Aviox, not Aviox, uh, Hacker. Hacker motor with one of their, uh, uh, what do you call it, centrifugal gearboxes? Planetary? Planetary. Planetary gearbox. Uh, and somehow, I guess the gearbox was sort of just glued into the front of the motor or something. And I went to rev it up to take off, and the whole prop front gearbox assembly went flying across the field about 50 feet. From I'm out of here. <laughs> it literally did. It was like, zzz-ping! <laughs> like, holy. <laughs> good times. Some good screws times. gave their all. <laughs> See what you new guys yeah, are sometimes, missing? Yeah, I think about the early days of electrics when we were figuring all that stuff out. And it reminds me of those old timey films of people pedaling airplanes. Oh, yeah, that, with the 20 the wings, wings and, stuff. and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I think the same sort of technological leaps have happened yeah <laughs> all right so, well, anyway but the sorry. bottom line yeah if anybody knows uh, leads on any of those early kyosho electrics tell me first and then maybe i'll tell fitz <laughs> i won't tell you about my other kyosho plane i kept crashing <laughs> early which one is well that? You, you are now yeah oh well do you want to hear about well early early in my career this was just after i um well i didn't know what i was doing and I told you about the plane I bought at the Ram show, my first RC plane, oh. that it kind of hit its semi-demise after hitting the side of a school on its first flight. Yeah. So I had the transmitter and radio, but no plane, so I went over to the hobby store, and my parents um, subsidized my purchase of a, what was it? It was a Kyosho 10-size airplane. It was really actually pretty nice. It's a foamy. Well, the fuselage is foam. The wings were built up also cannot remember the name um not a prelude they, they had two of them they had a 20 size and a 10 size instead already had a 10 size engine i got the little 10 engine and this plane um it was a four channel my first four channel plane and i kept i didn't know what i was doing so i kept crashing it <laughs> and i decided okay well maybe 
I'll put some floats on it. And that way I can have plenty of time, go somewhere. <laughs> you know what this crashy plane needs? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I have built some floats out of foam. Again, I had no idea what I was doing. And this thing would not even get on plane. It just kind of plowed through the water. It was a total failure. Probably that was best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, for all bystanders, yes. Yeah. So I ultimately actually put it aside after breaking the firewall off of it to, for the dozens time i put it aside um and bought an electric plane which i cannot remember some no-name brand electric this is back in the days we're talking can motor six cell batteries on off switch not on the transmitter on off switch on the side of the plane flip the plane on throw it hope for the best and my best was the worst (laughs) (laughs) and that plane was more glue than plane when i got done with it yeah and after well, that, you now. I finally learned my lessons and bought a glider and learned to fly in a glider. Uh, but I ultimately flew those two planes later on when I when I finally knew what the heck I was doing. And that Kyosho plane actually turned out to be a really nice plane once I knew how to fly. I flew it a lot. And I literally flew the wings off of it. <laughs> uh, uh, I had it at Riddle, by the way. Oh, cool. It, it's, it survived until I got the Riddle, and that's when I flew the wings off of it. But uh, anyway... Why do we got all these tangents? Stop that. Well, yeah, right. Well, speaking of Kyosho products, I think we uh, should just make Kyosho our honorary sponsor of the show. Look in the <laughs> yeah. messages and see the link that I I see. There. You got another one? No, I did not get it yet. I just saw this. Oh. And it excited me because I'll, I'll give the story here. It looks like Kyosho has re-released the... Ultima two-wheel drive buggy kit. Is this the original is, Ultima, basically? Well, yes and no from looking at the website. But uh, basically, it's interesting to me because the Ultima was my first RC car back in probably 1988 or 89. I forget exactly. Yeah. And that was, you know, I drove it till it quit driving and then I rebuilt it and I had it all through high school. Then I think I sold it and then bought it back. I don't remember the full genesis of it, but I still have parts of it here. I think I have a transmission somewhere hmm. and the shocks. But uh, basically, that was the RC car that taught me how to that's work neat. on RC cars and how to drive. That, Did the battery stick out like that in the original? What's that? Did the battery stick out like that in the original? Yep. Yeah, it's it pretty was normal. transverse. Like that. that's, <laughs> what a great way to shave off one of those wires. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> to me, it were like that, too, a lot of them. Yeah, now that's but, a, uh, okay. this one looks like has the new one. It does seem to have some updates. Yeah. Um, one being that the battery straps are now Velcro. I remember these zip tie, reusable zip ties. Zip ties. That's interesting. Which it worked. I don't think I ever lost a battery. Or it would only slide partially out. And then when you hear it dragging on the street, you, <laughs> you bring it back and fix it. So, so you like the, the same red shocks and the wheels look the same. and The body style is all the same. I can see a few differences, like the shock towers used to be aluminum, now they look like they're molded. Um, it appears oh, yeah. that the transmission now, instead of 32-pitch gears, now has 48, which is good. Yeah. It also has a slipper clutch and some metal gears, uh, which is good because I think there's uh, probably a lot more people that would put more power in it now than they used to. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we're still going to throw a brushless motor. Yeah. Uh, did it have that? It looks like a... Is that a carbon frame or something the frame looks this metal and the top piece is something else no i 
don't remember if it was G10 or just molded mm. plastic, but it was something. It had the the aluminum, the stamped aluminum under chassis, and then that top yeah. piece. I always liked that. Would, I like that aluminum chassis. chassis. That was pretty neat. Yeah. The when around that time, I, I worked at a hobby store, but the owner refused to carry any of the Kyosho cars. So it was all Tamiya's. So. Oh. So I'm all Tamiya. I had a lot of the Tamiya cars and played and built a lot of them. But I mm-hmm. never really experienced the Ultima stuff. That was our, the yeah. competitor across town, so to speak. Well, across the river. But the main <laughs> competitor did uh, the Ultima, the Kyosho stuff. And so yeah. I think he saw it as, well, I'm Tamiya. They can be Kyosho and that kind of stuff. But yeah. Um, so I don't have the history with these guys, but... But how did you, do you like these, the Kyosho cars? Were you a big fan of them? Uh, yeah, I ended up having a few of them because uh, I've probably mentioned this before. I did some off-road racing when I was in high school. Yeah. And so I went through RC10s and JRX2s and that whole series oh, yeah, of JRX2s, different yeah. cars. That it was back in the day. That was, it seemed like there was a new car every other month. Yeah, very competitive. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was into it. And I, like I said a minute ago, I actually ran the Ultima for a little while. It wasn't really competitive then, but uh, then they had another two-wheel drive car they came out with. I can't remember the name of it, but it, it had a belt drive and the nicer shocks and the carbon mm. fiber chassis. I had one of those that I ran and really liked. Well, they had the Optimas, right? They were four-wheel drive? Optimas four-wheel drive. And we've talked about this year before. They've re-released the original Optimas, and I have one of those. I did a review on that a year or two ago, and that was pretty cool. Um, hmm. That was different because I basically have the new version, but I never had the older version. Here, at least currently, I, I had the older version, but I haven't seen the updated version yet. But I sure would like to. Yeah, it'd be great just, to add that to your stable. Yeah, just for nostalgia. Yeah. And there actually is an RC track around here. Actually, a couple, I think. Oh, really? So, yeah. Huh. So I, I would be able to use it. And the pictures show it looks like a brushless motor in here. That would be fun I to do. Tell, oh, I think I see what you're talking like about. Three wires coming out of there, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, picture small. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, I I saw that and I'm like, oh, my childhood there it is. <laughs> on the webpage. <laughs> so um, yeah, fun stuff. Yes. So, what was your first RC car, Fitz? Me? You mean the first like real hobby one? Yeah. Well, I'm. I guess it was a Tamiya. Yes, it was a frog. Oh, okay. Yes, the first one I got was a frog. I had it as a Christmas present. Um, and I just ran the heck out of that thing. Yeah. By the time I was done with it, some years later, it was a shell of its former self. I had so many different mods <laughs> and stuff on it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's how my Ultima was, too. I, I do remember taking a hacksaw to the aluminum chassis. <laughs> I had decided to make it a mid-motor. Uh but those were neat because you had to build them. I mean, it came as it was like a giant plastic model kit, but with yeah. electric, electric electrical parts on it. Uh, and I loved the hell out of that thing. And um, I toyed with getting the remake. The re I don't have the old one anymore, or at least not anything significant from it. Mm-hmm. And I had toyed with getting. I guess they re reproduced it. They've reproduced a <clears throat> lot of their old yeah. stuff. Yeah, I thought about it. Uh, I, I haven't gotten it. I've been wavering. I said, ah, I'd like to get it, but like, nah, those are the memories. Keep them as the memories. What I'm, yeah. what I'm more interested in is the ones I didn't have that I wanted. Uh, in fact, I did get one. I have the Wild Willy. Ooh, 
but okay. I, it's still new in the box. I haven't built it. But mm-hmm. uh, that, and I always wanted. They had an Audi Quattro rally car. I always wanted too, but they haven't. Mm-hmm. Re, they haven't repopped that one. Yeah. Uh, so those have been interesting. The ones I never had versus the ones I had before. Personally speaking. But, gotcha. Uh, How about you, Lee? What was your RC car experience? Radio Shack. <laughs> Lots oh, of D cells. Okay <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Dad, Dad should have bought stock and Energizer and Duracell <laughs> when I was a kid. Oh, I I never got into one. My dad had built, and I'm not even sure who was it. Uh, uh, it'll come to me. Do do do. Oh, it won't come to me. I need more coffee. Oh. But my dad did did build one car that was fun. That was a kit. And that was okay, but I was never I was never into vehicles. I was into aircraft. So sorry. That's okay. Oh, You're still you guys, one of us. You guys yeah. enjoy your little four we'll wheel buggies and froggies and whatever these things are called. You <laughs> did remind me of something I had as a kid. Um, an RC truck. I don't know where it came from. I don't think it was Radio Shack, but it was like that that class. But it was actually really neat because we're talking probably really late seventies. I think, and I was just a little kid, and it was a, a 18-wheeler kind of thing, and it was a Hess, I think it was not Hess, what do you call it, um, Allied Allied Van Lines, I still remember this, the moving company, Yeah. and it was a radio-controlled tractor-trailer, but you could remotely hitch and detach the trailer, mm-hmm. and it was still an RC car, you can drive around, and it had a little thing on the top, so I guess it was a three-channel car, so you had the normal steering and throttle, but you press a button, and this little indicator on the top would spin, and it would select the mode. So you could you press it until the, the indicator said, okay, you can unhook, and then you drive away, and the thing would unhook the trailer, and it would, and it would spin, and when it, when it relocked the trailer into the hitch, and I think it had lights and a few other features on it. Wow. And I don't know, I just, you just reminded me of that when he said Radio Shack, and I thought this was the coolest little RC car I ever had at the time. Yeah, you need to get on eBay and find one of those. <laughs> okay, I remember now. My dad, my dad had a team-associated RC12. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, pan car. There you go. Those That's were quick, quick little guys. It was quick. It was like thirty miles an hour. Yeah, on four cells, if I remember correctly, they weren't even six cells. But yeah, um, usually they were four cell. Yeah, if you want a, a huge time suck, get on YouTube and look up some of the the races like that. The indoor carpet races, yeah, and even some of the touring car races, is just amazing to watch how fast these things are. Well, they were pretty fast when we were at the expo. Did you see that thing they set up? Uh, which the one? Carpet. Remember they put the carpet on the ground there. The, oh, the, the off-road cars on a carpet track. Yeah, yeah, that was. But, I, I was impressed. Yeah, yeah, that's fast. But I'm telling you, these are kind of like when you watch the helicopter demos and you're not quite sure what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> It's that fast. Gotcha. It's all muscle memory. <laughs> yeah, pretty much is. Yeah. Yeah, I never was really competitive with cars. I think I ran one one or two races and it just wasn't me. I, I, I just liked for fun. I wasn't that, I'm not a competitive person in that way. Um didn't really get into the racing experience. But I, I did like the buggies and just driving around, just having fun. Yeah. It was fun. I liked the goofing off part and also like going to the track and mm. competing. And some people took it a little too seriously. 
yeah. tempers flared from time to time. Yeah, maybe that was my problem. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to deal with the people getting all upset over toy cars. I want to tell you though, it's funny you say that because you can imagine like people getting upset with the, this high speed race times and so forth. But I've actually seen people almost come to fisticuffs at a sailing meet, a sailing regatta. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend Steve was at an event and he was telling me a story. I was like, I, I can easily manage it. But if you cut someone off on a boat that's doing, you know, two knots, <laughs> they get angry. <laughs> they, oh my gosh. I mean, I, I was like, guys, we're just floating in water. There's really no reason to get so angry. But boy, they take it seriously. So Didn't, didn't our friend Phil have some stories about that too? Oh, I'm sure he does. He, yeah, he yeah. said uh, he had to tell one guy to knock it off because this guy was swearing like a sailor in front of all these kids. <laughs> it's just like, my God, it's like, dude, settle down. <laughs> you just want to take a cannon to his boat. Yeah. <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> so, speaking oh. of kids, do we oh. want to talk about the whole YouTube? fiasco that's going on oh yeah oh, that's, that's got to be another special episode i think that'll take way too long i don't have enough coffee in me to talk about kappa well at least it, we okay. should we should at least just touch on what we were talking about so people right. know. Yeah, well, make it brief make it save yourself a timer because i can see how we could let this run amok no so. no no just, just i think you and i should do a, another little special episode on it and okay. get people up to date well okay we don't, we don't need terry just just in summary <laughs> there's a child protection app i've Child Online Protection Something Act, privacy privacy protection act. Yes, Kappa. Yes, the Kappa out. Kappa. So yeah, apparently, Kappa. this is an old law. Actually, it came out sometime in the late nineties and wasn't really heavily enforced uh, until recently. YouTube lost or settled on some sort of lawsuit related to Kappa, and so what happened is YouTube is now saying, "Well, starting January first, you're going to have to identify." All your videos on YouTube, either child-friendly or adult content. It's either or. It's binary choice. Um, and on the surface, you say, okay, well, okay, whatever. Well, I'll just assign what I think it is. The problem is all the nuances. If you assign your ch channel to be child-friendly, you take a huge hit in advertising revenue. You no longer can get comments on your channel. You can't be added to, uh, I think, uh, favorites list or watch lists. And I think in, um, what's it, indications are turned off. What do you call it? Notifications are turned off. And I think yeah. a few other things. And do they pop up as suggested views? No, apparently not. Yeah. And if you assign yourself and say, okay, well, my stuff is not child-friendly. I don't want to take the hit. Um, but if the government deems your youtube channel as uh or ftc of the federal trade commission i guess deems your your content as child friendly and you have it marked as adult friendly they can fine you for misrepresenting your channel and it's tens of thousands of dollars if you're found guilty uh so people are saying oh wait a minute so what about doing hobby stuff which is aimed at adults but very child friendly or family friendly content and so this is going on right now. There's a big hubbub. Um, some some internet lawyers have taken a look at it, and they're saying YouTube's policies doesn't make any sense. It's very vague. It's um, it's over. It's overreacting. Um, and so there's a lot of things going on um, with this, and it's really causing a lot of concern within YouTube and, uh, and, and stuff we do in the modeling community because our, a lot of our stuff is very child friendly. 
even though it's aimed at adults, most kids are not going to be buying, you know, $400, $800 airplanes and playing with them, but they, you know, look at the flight test people. I mean, those things are, I'm sure they have a lot of kids watching that stuff. So that's what we're referring to, and that's the 30-second or one-minute summation of it. Lee, care to add anything? I'm afraid. I don't <laughs> If if you guys want to hear more, you should let us know. But I think this is a good topic to discuss. I think it affects a lot of people who are in the hobby. In fact, that was one thing that I that came across often in in the videos I saw online, where people were talking about those affected will be involved in hobbies. You know, and that's just it, you you don't want to blame the FTC and COPPA because you do want to protect kids. I have unfortunately witnessed the the videos that seem to be for kids but the language is terrible and it shouldn't be for kids so i agree that that was misinterpretation on the person who created it you know they they, they had all these games things but the violence and the, the the dialogue was was out of touch for that that age group yeah but uh we, we mentioned this we mentioned flight tests i think dude perfect is another good example you've got people that entertain kids and i think there's nothing particularly wrong with that but youtube was the one who screwed up by making it a binary decision and having so many caveats that, you know, wait a minute, if I say if it's adult only, but there's something that a kid likes in my video, you're telling me I'm breaking the law, you know, the copper law, that makes no sense. And anyway, it, it is a huge rabbit hole. And I think if we talk about it, it'd, it'd be a great conversation, but uh, that's, it's going to be long. Well, I should say that there is uh, I think for the next week, there's an open, comments on the law where you can go to i don't have the link we can add the link but you can <laughs> you mean open vent session yeah yeah you, you looked at the comments <laughs> yeah it's a vent it's and people have people have a right to vent about this but you know what again i'm, I'm not as a parent as a child as a <clears throat> excuse me and i'm at that age right now where my kids are interested in a wide range of things and we we jokingly made comments about what 13 year old boys are interested in um, <laughs> yeah. but the the truth is yeah we should find ways to protect them i think youtube though shot themselves in the foot with the decision they made and it's really going to hurt creators and then the video okay i here i am talking about it already fitz sent me a link with a conspiracy theory that you know my eyes were like wow you know is it possible that hollywood has something to do with this you know <laughs> right fits yeah uh, yeah it's eating into their status quo yeah yeah Can one we... of the i think it was one of the senators or congressmen behind the the bill has links to hollywood hmm, interesting yeah you know and and this <laughs> i it's funny i'm mentioning this but and i just hit my 1000 subscriber mark on my radiation channel which means i can monetize and oh, sorry <laughs> well i know you have more fits but <laughs> no celebrating for you oh yeah oh okay i thought you were just trying to like tone drone me out <laughs> no no it's celebration like, shut up lee 1000 uh, i like... know but it's like i can monetize now but do i want to <laughs> It's like it's not a good, <laughs> good time to make a decision like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is this is very strange, and, and you kind of hinted on it. This is really they're, they're holding the creators um, responsible for something that YouTube was doing, and not the creators. We don't. The whole thing was to protect kids from having their personal information um, collected. And as creators, we have no interest in the personal information of kids. We don't have any machinations to, to do that or inclinations it's all youtube but since youtube got caught doing that and google i guess the parent company 
they're passing the buck on to us. And so yeah, yeah, that's that's the part that's important. It's it, the the FTC wasn't attacking all the creators, although some of them they should have. They were just basically saying YouTube, you shouldn't put ads on these kids' channels when they're not kid appropriate. And I think I agree with that. But then you open that whole can of worms: is how old are you supposed to be to be watching YouTube? Yeah. Un, un, what are you, unmonitored, and that's thirteen or under. So I'm sorry, but my my eleven year old kid is not going to watch the kid the YouTube kid channel. There's no way, you know. Uh, and I don't think and my that's my job. Watched it. No, it's you know it's my it's my job as a parent to decide what he should and should not watch. And if I don't like what he's watching, guess what I get to do? I can turn it off. Yeah. And you know, and you know, gosh, we were kids. You know, did you ever sneak a cigarette? <laughs> you know, before you were whatever the age it is now. Who knows? I'm I'm sure I did, but you know, I I probably paid the price. So it's all part of growing up. But I think you're right. This YouTube thing is kind of curious, and I felt really <clears throat> bad. You were talking about Tamia earlier, and I'm kind of kind of glad. Terry did mention this, but you know, that one guy, I, I'm not sure if I sent you that video or you sent it to me, but this guy who does a lot of Tamiya model building. Yeah. I mean, boy, I think I that, sent it to you. That video was depressing. Yeah. I mean, he was like, I'm done. It's over. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I mean, we, we want to encourage kids to do this stuff, even though we're mainly that's adults doing this stuff nowadays, but we're like, now we got to tell kids to go away. This is not for you. Basically. If we want to, stay above the law. Uh, so it just definitely hurts the modeling community, all, all facets of the modeling community pretty hard. Uh, so I think something's going to change. I think I, you, you kind of hope that people like dude perfect are going to like take charge of this. They're, they're like in the top 10 of most subscribed channels. And my kid went to one of the, the concerts shows, whatever performances they had here locally. So I, I think, they're the ones who are, are risking, you know, being kid-only channel yeah. and then losing all their profits. So That's true. I think they'll turn things around. I think they'll make YouTube reevaluate their decision. So we'll see. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right, let's but talk about fun stuff. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of decisions, <laughs> being that it's we've, so we've passed. <laughs> I'll, I'll get your spirits up. So we, we've, we've just finished Thanksgiving. So it's Black yeah. Friday's come and gone. Oh, and food. We've I'm got, happier already. <laughs> Cyber Monday is going to be passed by the time our episode comes on. So, mm. are there anything? Are there any items that you're looking to get on a discount? Are there any sales going on that you wanted to share with anybody? Uh, well, there are of? several sales. I'm not sure how far they go. Yeah. So by the time we post this, they might be gone. But... <laughs> We're gonna get hate mail going. You said it was on sale. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of multiplex and high tech, they've got a pretty good black friday sale going oh yeah the weekender warehouse yeah yeah and so they've got a bunch of their newer airplanes not just old stuff on there and interestingly they've got this little race quad that's been on all of their past sales even for a couple of years but a fully equipped like receiver ready race quad for 35 bucks and i'm kind of on the fence about that one because like wow even if i just pull the motors off of it to use in something else it's worth that yeah i'm thinking yeah, yeah i was mean, thinking the same it, thing the motors and cameras on it it's 259 normally and they've got it down to 35 bucks yeah so the only <laughs> bad part is that all the electronics are integrated into one board so you oh, can't just pull the escs oh. off individually oh. but still for the motors and like I said the camera and stuff but then again, it might be an okay quad just to fly around and have fun with, with zero stress. Yeah, yeah, true. But is it only for high-tech transmitters? No, it's uh, built for 
S-Bus style receivers. So any of the Spectrum satellites or other brands that use S-Bus can plug right in. So we, yeah. So there's that. Um, Master Airscrew had a sale going on that might still be going. Dubro had a sale. I think uh, Horizon and Tower Hobbies had sales. Uh, Motion RC, I believe, is having a sale, or maybe that was just a closeout deal. I don't remember if it was a Black Friday sale. But uh, there's lots of stuff going on out there. Ready-made RC, get FPV. Yeah, I remember seeing a bunch of them. All right, well, we're kind of early in the show. It's not Christmas yet, but do you are you eyeing anything for yourself? I mean, remember a couple of years ago, the Tiger Cat was what I wanted, and I got it. Uh, <laughs> but is there anything, any other plane on the horizon or, or something that's enticing you? Not me. What I really want is a new video camera, and you and I have talked offline about that. So I'm waiting to run across one at the right price. Mm. I'm going to snatch it up. But yeah, airplane-wise, I'm already backlogged on stuff. So unless I see something that really just uh, pulls me in, I think I'm good for now. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way because um, I saw – also, Maxford Models has a sale, too, going on. Some pretty mm-hmm. deep discounts. Yeah, I, I noticed they had a bunch of stuff on sale. Uh, and um, you ever gone to Servo City? Oh, I haven't been there in a while. They have yeah. a – they have a sale going on as well on parts and stuff. If you're looking for some servos, mostly high tech, but a lot of odds and ends, some interesting robotic parts. They have mm-hmm. a sale going on. Uh, but the same thing. Um, I've actually been thinking about upgrading cameras too. I don't have a. I have my video cameras are pretty old, but I don't really don't use them anymore. I mainly use my my Micro Four Thirds DSR DSR kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's several generations old, so I've, I've been toying with the idea of getting a newer one. Because I, I currently use a Panasonic GH3, and I think the GH5 is out and it has a whole bunch of upgrades. So, something I might upgrade to at some point. Yeah, my camcorder is several years old now. Yeah. And then I look at the stuff that Lee's making, I'm like, ugh. Yeah, it looks really sticks. nice. Yeah. yeah. Is four, yours is 4K, isn't it, Lee? It is. I shoot normally in 1080, though. So. Right. Only a couple times oh. will I shoot 4K. My computer, actually, I really do need a new computer. <laughs> I was. I was starting to calculate or running those uh, 3D benchmarks, and boy, it's just pathetic. Oh, funny and, Funny you mention that. And that is actually what I do plan on doing over the Christmas holiday is upgrading my computer. I'm going to build a new one, I think. Um, you heard of the Ryzen processors that just came out? Yeah, no. yeah. That's what I was looking to get, yeah, AMDs. A, a friend of mine just built one using that processor, and he really likes it. Which one, 5, 7, or 9? Uh, I think he's got the 7. Uh, see, that's what I'm. I want to get the seven. I yeah. can't afford a nine right now. But yeah, I, I need a new computer pretty bad. It's just so sad on how, how long it takes to process. And again, when I ran the benchmark, it basically said, Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you still running that thing? Now, yeah, knock on couple... wood. <laughs> Why are you what? running an Apple II? <laughs> right. yeah, the couple of times that I've tried to process 4K videos, man, it just brought my computer to a screeching halt. Oh, yeah. It's real intensive. So, although I want a 4K video camera, like Lee, I don't know that I'd shoot a whole lot in 4K, but I'm just assuming that the quality you get in the lower resolutions is still better. Yeah. Uh, and it's future-proof, somewhat. Yeah. I, I mean, I all I want to say is I have a pretty solid system running, 
usually the stuff that fails me are the, are the applications themselves, not my computer. But I did go back and look at the date of my BIOS, or not the date of the BIOS, but the date of the, this motherboard was made. It's over seven years old, but I've maxed out, you know, the processor and the memory. So, you know, I, I got my money's worth. That's all I can say about that. But it definitely needs to be replaced. So that's probably where my money needs to go as a new computer. Right. Thanks for joining us on the PC Roundtable. <laughs> to make more RC videos. Yay. <laughs> How's that? Speaking yeah. of videos, we got to work on, we got to make a decision on what we're going to do for a video live chat solution. Right. Okay. And that's kind of why that Kappa issue is important to us because we're trying to head in that direction of being more YouTube heavy. But I will work on that. So I forgot the name of the software. Someone actually uh, sent us an email. Thank you for responding. And they gave us the same name of the program that I've been researching. The only downside, folks, is it costs money. And you have to say to yourself, how much is it worth? Because it's a subscription, not a one-time purchase deal. So we have to decide how much video are we going to do to make buying that software worthwhile. And as much as I want to get it done, I'm not certain if that software is the only item we have to purchase if there's any other changes to our systems like upgrading your pc lee right. and so we've definitely got to do our research but i would love to hopefully make a decision within the next few weeks so we can have something for an end of the year show yeah so i will that will put that on my agenda okay okay sounds like a plan if you guys want to buy us something i'll i'll put the name of the software online <laughs> buy us oh, the software yeah. Okay, or not, <laughs> or buy, or buy Terry this new Kyosho car, or buy Fitz that Kyosho duet, <laughs> or not, or not, or not. <laughs> Was it George Wilson that uh, sent us the email asking what hobby shops are in Houston? Yes. Do you want to touch on that? Yep. Yeah, I'm going to leave that one to you guys. Do we want to email him back or something, or? as well we'll email them back too but yeah. someone was asking what hobby shops are in houston and yeah. you know randy's is up near me so that's one <laughs> Samano's is down near fitz <laughs> that's two yeah <laughs> i mean right. unfortunately they've been closing down there's so not a whole I'm... lot left yeah there's uh bucky's reopened but he's all rc cars yeah off of 59 uh he's a traxxas right he's a traxxas dealer uh mostly traxxas i think he has other stuff but yeah a lot of traxxas stuff so if you're into rc cars he's a place you want to go um some autos down here near me is really good for airplane stuff and some car stuff too um he just moved shops to a uh, nicer location if a little bit a little out of the way uh he's a real great guy to deal with and he's been really stocking up pretty good actually last time i went in a few days ago he had quite a bit of stuff stacked up around so and he often has free donuts. <laughs> Sold. Sold. <laughs> Go for the donuts, leave with the plane. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. if you like to drive out into the woods, there's everybody's favorite hobby shop. Yeah, and New Creations. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. Uh, yeah. Definitely so, I, I, New I, Creations if you can, uh, you know, travel up to, to New Waverly. Not New Waverly, um, Willis. Willis. Yeah. It's a hobby shop slash museum of electric flight. Yeah, it's like a time machine going There's in there. There's a Kyosha duet in the back there somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure. You probably <laughs> Two of them. One, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, George, that's just the sad truth. Now, I posted on Facebook that I visited the Hobby Town 
hobby shop in Dallas. And that was, it's a really nice store to just, I was wondering if you saw any of the planes I photographed. I saw some of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how Hobby Towns can vary quite a bit. Being a franchise, you think they'd all be the same, but I've seen some that were just amazing, and I've seen some that were like, eh, eh. This is ama- this one's amazing because it had a, it has a it has a good kids section yeah. for like kids toys. It has a plastic model section upstairs with train Lionel trains mm. and a whole bunch of expensive plastic models. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's mm. that is a good all around hobby store, and I'm I was glad to see. A lot of people commenting, That's and boy, it went viral on our Facebook page. Yeah. I think it was seen by over five thousand people. Really? Yeah. Someone someone shared it, and it went crazy after that. So did you did you ever go to the one that was in Sugarland? Well, when Bucky's Bucky's no, he uh, was in RC. he was in um, not Sugarland. He was in South. Uh, oh, Apparently, I forgot the name of the town, but it wasn't Sugarland. It was um, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, no, the one up on off of six Highway Six, sort of North Sugarland. Never went there. I have no idea what you're talking about. You're not talking about Bucky's. No, this down. was a hobby okay. town. It's no, next to the no, mall. Well, that's why they went out of business. Oh, near Willowbrook. Yeah, near, near Willowbrook. Oh, I knew about it, but uh, no, it's not there anymore, is it? No, they closed right because you didn't yeah. go to it. That's why they closed. <laughs> it's my fault. But uh, when they first opened. It was like super hobby world. It was amazing. It was the biggest hobby town I'd ever seen. And it had everything. Uh, and they were like that for a few years. And then I started noticing that they slowly were getting less and less stuff. And it was really started to become a shell of its former self. And then they finally closed because they just stopped getting stuff in there. You go in, it was nothing. Half the store was empty. The shelves, that is, and stuff. Um, yeah, well, see, I liked Larry's. I thought Larry's was a great shop on 45 oh yeah yeah oh, that was a, he had the train stuff too didn't he on one side yeah he had a huge train section yeah that was a neat hey. hobby store i like that that was another nice one that went away i'm gonna start i'm gonna have to get some tissue out and start little wiping these tears away because there have been <laughs> some really good hobby yeah. stores and then unfortunately they've been it's a tough business it's very difficult and there's a lot of competition so you got to really do it right you got to have good area not get in fact, that's why Samano's moved because they were ripping ripping him a new one on rent so much that he he, he either would have to move or go out of business. Uh, so he found a he was lucky and found a spot that's much cheaper and still very nice. Yeah, so he was able to move and do that. But it's tough, tough business. Indeed. Is that isn't that the joke? How do you make a small fortune in the hobby store business? Start with a large fortune. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. So yeah, we need to tell George to to take the extra. Like I don't know if he's coming in from San Antonio. He's coming to ninety. He needs to jump on ninety nine and <laughs> take ninety nine north to forty five and go all the way to to Willis and see new creations. Yeah, yeah. If he's, if he's doing already doing all that driving, he needs to do that. Make just yeah. make sure that they're open. <laughs> Be free. Yeah, <laughs> call, call it first. Yeah, <laughs> but you won't be disappointed if you go up there, especially if you're into electric. Yeah. Tell Kirk that Lee sent you. Yeah, give Kirk a shout. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Did I tell? Oh, I didn't tell. Oh my gosh, I didn't tell Terry. Oh. What, what was hanging behind the counter? Where? Do you remember? Do you remember Fitz? What was hanging behind the counter no. in New Creations? Behind the counter. A brand new H&M Corsair. Oh, the Corsairs, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So they still exist in the wild. Yeah. Never been flown. Yeah, I think it was for sale, wasn't it? Yeah. 
<laughs> out of my price range. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, how much is That's that? That's okay. Do you want how much? Uh, uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just keep patching yours back together. <laughs> I, I, I'm happy with mine. Good. I'm loving it. All right. Was that a wrap? It is. I think that's a wrap. <laughs> All right, everybody. If, if you didn't know, guys, we came in just... <laughs> let's start recording. <laughs> just winging it. Uh, I'll have a better list next time, I promise. Just like winging it. Just like uh, the Mandalorian with Baby Yoda. We're just winging it. <laughs> All right. So Don't even want to know about that. <laughs> Don't even... Okay, so I think we're done here. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. And we will see you next time with more glorious talk about glorious RC models. And until next time, see you guys later. See you later. Bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.